When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Good evening everyone, or good late afternoon, whatever it is, and welcome to yet another podcast here at Chronicle Towers. You join myself, Neil Cameron, with young Andy Fowler, not so young Mark Douglas in the middle-aged Lee Ryder, um, or he looks a bit middle-aged now after the last couple of weeks of his professional life. And we're here to talk Alan Pardew, and we're here to talk about the Swansea City game tomorrow. We've also got a few of your questions as well and I'll give you details later on how you can send in some questions and we will do our very best to address them. I think Lee, last week, the week before and the week before that, I came up with the awful cliche that it's a must-win game, but my goodness gracious me, um, Newcastle United, particularly their manager, and we will speak at length with everyone about what we think is going to happen with them. Obviously they need to win, they haven't won in the league this season. It's all been pretty poor. Stoke was pretty poor again. And yet my fear is, and I'd be interested to leave first with you, my fear about Saturday is I think outside Manchester City, this is the best team they've played this season. And Swansea are a good team, and at home they're an even better team. Mm. Uh, well, I think you talk about the must-win kind of factor on it, but as far as Alan Pardew's concerned, none of them have been must-win because he's lost games and he's still kept his job. It's <laughs> a very, very astute point. So I we don't should just go home now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't think that this one's a must-win for him. Uh, if he gets beat, he obviously, you know, they've already kind of hinted this week mm-hmm. that he's going to re- keep his job, um, even if they get beat, and then they'll go on an in international kind of break. So, I just think personally, you know, Pardew, he, he needs a win. Of course, he needs a win, but. He just comes across to me as a man going through the motions um, and waiting to see what happens. And I think, I don't know if anyone agrees with me on this, but some of his comments uh, in the last 24 hours have been a little bit bizarre, the bit about polishing his manager of the year trophies mm. to give him a bit more confidence. It's uh, it's all just a little bit... Uh, that's, a man under, that's a man under yeah. pressure, Lee, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think he's... He's got to get something out of this one in terms of a performance, but whether 
it's going to take another Southampton-style performance for something to happen. Remains to be seen. But after the last one, the 4-0 at Southampton, nothing happened. So, I mean, Mark, I, I want to know, when they won down there was 2-1, wasn't it, last season? Remy got a couple of goals. Where's this? Was it Swansea? No, it was, th- it was the 3-0 defeat, wasn't it? So they, they were. Well. That, was, that was Cardiff, Wales. Same yeah. thing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and, but my, my other fear, Mark, is, and Lee mentioned Southampton there, just when Newcastle go a goal down, you feel they're going to go a couple of goals down. And I know this does sound negative, but this is in my head, and I bet it's in a lot of the supporters' minds right now. Uh, and as I said before, Swansea are a really good team, an attacking team. My fear isn't as... Is, they go 1-0 down, you think, right, OK, they'll regroup and get back into it, and you think, God, no, is a second, when's the second one coming? Yeah, and, and and that is strengthened by the fact that on Monday against Stoke, they could have conceded five or six, couldn't yep, they? Because the well, fact was, although it was only 1-0, it was, it, was, it, was, it was, you know, it wasn't a very straightforward... I think that's the, that's the big problem with Newcastle at the moment, that you just don't feel there's that necessarily that fighting spirit. There is fighting spirit in terms of the dressing room, they're all, they're all trying hard, but it's just whether there's that kind of... Uh, aptitude and that kind of maybe the mental strength to really come back from from being one down. Pardew spoke about that, didn't he? Yesterday talking about working in the mental side of things, you yeah. know. And I don't know what, how you work in that, but if there's a way to do it, they need to do it. It's really worrying because that is something that you should have. You know, that is that is something that you should have scouted. You should have scouted for the players that can that can do that. It seemed to me that the only player who was scouted in the summer for their leadership qualities was Sem De Jong. That was the only player that they brought in as a leader. He's not. He's not here. I think that's a huge blow. I don't think anybody can can say that. But there just isn't enough leaders in that team now. Swansea, if they go a goal up, who here? Who in Newcastle supporter base thinks that Newcastle are going to win? Yeah. Because I certainly don't, and I'm sure everybody around here is the same. Well, I'll tell you, it, it was in, it was interesting. You go back to the leadership thing. What happened at the after the game the other night? Was it the captain that came and spoke to the media? I don't think he was. Actually. No, it was. Coaching, he did. That yeah, was a I, very I, rare thing that he did because he doesn't. Was... He doesn't usually do it. Obviously, not to us because we're not yeah, to no. talk to anyone in the planet. Well, Williamson, Earth, but Williamson, yeah. Williamson's been, been been rolled out, and this is the time where you want your captain, the man who is supposed to stand behind his team, behind the manager, uh, and like you say, you, you're not not seeing that. Yeah, Lee, I'm going to come at you. We're, we've got a new hashtag because, of course, all the cool kids do. Ours is hashtag Ask EBW. That's for everything black and white. EBW. WB in capital. So if you want to ask us a question, go to do that hashtag and ask away. And we have got one from Josh Meredith. So thanks for this, Josh, because I was going to bring this up. And Josh is essentially asking. He always plays with the kind of this four-three-one. You know, the no, no, the second striker. Is he ever going to play with a second striker? I think this is something we touched on on Monday. Yeah, I I think one of the issues has been that CC hasn't been fully fit. So he's obviously had to try and like bring bring him on bit by bit. But it baffled me when he just took Riviera off and put Sissi on at half time the other night and then obviously Just one for one kind yeah, of thing. Didn't change the formation, just changed the personnel and it's it's there's all types of different things that aren't working at the minute. But for me, if you play with two strikers, you effectively double your chances of, of getting goals. Uh, and I think you get the service right, then you know it's football's it's we're not sitting here like with our coaching badges or anything like that, but football's a simple game. You get the ball in the box, you get the ball out wide, obviously, you then get it in the box. And you, if you've got strikers worth the salt, mm. they will score in them six-yard areas. It's been proven over 100 years that that's, that's how you win football matches. 
You need to score goals. <laughs> Junior, you, you, no, you're absolutely quite right. We're laughing, yeah. but Lee's absolutely spot on. A bugbear of mine, Mark, and I, again, following on from what Lee's saying there, getting crosses in the box. The amount of times, I was going to say this season, but over a period of time, but we'll say this season, that Newcastle United have got themselves in a good position, either an open player or a set piece, and they hit the first man with a cross. And I can remember a man called Tommy Goff, who was my teacher at school, who used to shout at us when our school team, if he ever hit a... And we weren't up too much to God no. love us. Why can't a Premier League side not put a good ball in? Well, I, I, I watched quite a bit of Sunderland last year, and Jack Colback was not taking, regularly taking, Sunderland's yeah. dead balls. I don't think he was even... If Seb Larson wasn't in the team, I'm not sure he was... He was even next cab off the rank after that. That's a good point. Newcastle United knew in the summer that they needed somebody to take the, de- the dead balls because poor Paul Dummett last season, and I know we've talked about Paul Dummett on this podcast before, but imagine playing your first senior season at Newcastle United and you're, you're put on free kicks and corners. You're the left back. You're, you're a kid. He was getting all kinds of stick for that. Newcastle do not have anybody to take a dead ball. I mean, I don't know whether Sem De Jong, obviously he does take, he's taken mm. some very good free kicks for Axe. Again, we go back to De Jong. But Newcastle should have, I mean, two or three players in there who this can take They certainly have two, shouldn't they? Cabela took a good corner at Stoke when he found Colacini took in his chest and then the effort wasn't bad. But that was about it. And it's just, Andy, I mean, just again what Lee says, if you can't get the ball past the first man, and when they do, there's always another defender there. And you can have a go at Riviere, you can have a go at CC or what have you, but if the ball doesn't get within 10 yards of him, with the best ball in the world, Zlatan Ibrahimovic would struggle to score. He's probably the one player that could do something well, with it. Well, perhaps. But the, the thing, and we've spoken about it a lot before, this, the balls haven't been good enough. This was from last season when, when CC wasn't good enough for the ball, the service in hasn't been good, and only you've, you've got CC who's coming back from injury, you've got uh, Riviere who's a new man in, give them the ball, you've got to give them that confidence so that they might take one chance in five, one chance in six but then they become two, three chances and they become actually goal threats whereas at the moment they're not even getting anywhere near which means they're then trying to force it they're then coming deeper, they're then playing on their own, they're getting double marked and absolutely nothing, nothing is getting to them but it comes down, if you cannot put a ball from one wing into the middle of the box and even give it a chance. If you hit the first man, you're not even giving the ball a chance. I'd rather over-hit a cross than under-hit it and hit the first man because at least you're giving it a chance. We've been asked here by Dimitri, who is at Mitchell1992, and again, something I was going to bring up. Lee, I'll come to you just now. He was actually asking about Rolando Aarons. When's he back? Because he says we've missed his width, which is odd since he's hardly played any games. But the point is, Newcastle need to play with a bit of width tomorrow. Do you think Obertan will start? I think he's got a good chance. I know that he's a player that's in the in the mind of Pardew. We bought him on the other night. Let's be fair. He well, did okay. He did oh. okay. He got a <laughs> Sorry, I've got my head in my hand. <laughs> he got a couple of balls in the box. Um, and to be fair, if, if he can drum it into him, that, that's what he needs to do. And Cece is on the pitch at the same time. Then... God, it could, you know, yeah. we could score a goal here. Uh, uh, well, just, do, 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 do you know, they've got to try something. And I know what we all think of Gabby Overton. And I, just, I mean, he's obviously got talent and he's made something of a career out of himself. He just looks the most miserable man in the world. And I would think if I played for Newcastle United and had that ability, I'd be a bit cheerier. Yeah, I, I just, you know, the thing about Gabriel Overton is not necessarily, I think he could, if he plays tomorrow, he, he might play well. He has played well in, in spells this season. But we're talking about a team that should be set up for the season. We're talking about a team that should have progressed. They had a whole summer to rebuild. They knew it was coming for six months. 
we're seven games into the season and we're talking about Gabriel Obertan as being a possible <laughs> solution. What is going on here? You know, it's just... I mean, even mentioning Rolando Aarons, I mean, the guy's saying we're, we're missing him, like... You know, this time last year he was playing for the academy team. Yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah. No one has heard of him. I mean, obviously the reserve team and youth team regulars had, but no one else had heard of him. And now, you know, people are being billed as, as, as saviours, as you say. No, Obertan. Wow. Gabriel Obertan should... I mean, he, he wouldn't have been at the football club if it had been up to Alan Pardew either, because he wanted, he wanted rid of him in the summer. He they, wanted they, rid of several of the players who yeah. are now playing regularly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Another player who could play... Mark, I've come to you, uh, is Sammy Amiobi, and he's been name-dropped a couple of times by Pardew recently. Uh, and reading, you don't have to read much between the lines, that essentially Alan Pardew's saying, I'm fed up with him, this is his last chance. I think there's something there, I have to say personally, I don't, but there you go, with I know. Uh, and if he doesn't take it soon, then that's him. Now, from Sammy Amiobi's point of view, having had that message given to you, knowing where your football club are, and knowing that actually you might get a chance, surely this as a time to go on and go, actually, I can make a contribution here. Yeah, I, my issue with Sammy Amiobi is that he's not... He's got talent, obviously he's got ability and skill, but I don't think he's direct enough. I'm not sure he believes that he's good enough for the Premier League. He hasn't kicked on in two years, and that and that's a problem. I actually, I actually think that Sammy has probably not been given the chances that he, he maybe should have been given in that first season when he showed a bit of this Rolando Aaron-style promise. He really was brought in and brought out. But, I mean, I think his time's gone. And that's not meant as, a, again, a, a, a criticism of a lovely guy. who, who he has a, Yes, he, he is. is. And, and it's and never and nice when you get to know them a little bit. You no, know what they're and, about. And they're and it's not, but it's not a case of, always oh, nice. So I, I want him to do well. I actually think he's dedicated. I think there's, you know, I think there's a, a real dedication to his craft there. But, again, this is Newcastle United now dealing with players who... When they lost to Brighton in the FA Cup two years ago, when Alan Pardew said, I've put out a team that I don't think he's going to have to play for Newcastle United. I remember it's it well. going back to those players. Yeah. Well, come round to you all in a little second. Just Andy, then I'll get around everyone else. We hope Newcastle win. We yeah. say that every single Friday. And please believe us, we, we really, really do. Lee, you and I are going down as we were just speaking just before we came in this, this cupboard here into the podcast. It's much more fun writing about two or three nil wins yeah. and great goals, etc., etc., etc. If they lose, Andy, and if they lose by a couple, and they're bottom of the league, will he walk or will he get sacked? Or do you think nothing's actually going to happen? Part of me thinks if it's a total capitulation, then it's it's game over. I think we'll we'll be coming straight back in here. You'll be on the way back up on Sunday, and I think that'll be I think that'll be it. Gives them a couple of weeks, have a look at the uh, going forward, another new manager, time to bring in. I think. The other side of that is if it's another, if it's a one 0 loss, if it's a stalemate, God forbid they even win, um, then um, then it could be a couple of weeks. But I still think it's just a matter of time. Lee, you don't you don't think so so much, even though it's a kind of almost traditional time for a club to get rid of a manager when there's an international break. They've got a little bit more time. People can go away. Things calm down a bit. But I'm guessing that you think that no matter what. He's going to well, carry on. I have to pick up on something Andy said there. It's got to have to be a complete, you know, disaster. Four now, I guess. It's going to have to be, you know, four, five, six, and that. Something along them lines. I mean, how long can it? How long can it go on? Really? I mean, in normal football logic, you'd be gone now. You know, any other football club would have 
sacked the manager and would, would have a new manager. In. That's absolutely true, no matter what you think of Newcastle. Yeah. If this was anyone else, I think you could say with as much certainty as you can, yeah. there would be a change. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the word traditionally there, but Newcastle don't really do traditionally. <laughs> do <they>? so, <laughs> so you've got to look at it and, and think, well, yes, it's probably time to go. Mm-hmm. It was probably time to go after Southampton, possibly even at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. It's probably time to go for Pardew, but he's still here. Um, will this 10 game thing come into play yeah that's been mentioned a couple of times by club officials um, so possibly it, we, it, we could wait until November after 10 games and then they make the change but you know who, who knows the way they're playing the scoreline could be anything on Saturday yeah I mean I, I wrote a piece the other day Mark saying I, I did I, I felt he should go for the sake of his health but I did feel some sympathy for the man do you agree that you're they should go, and do you feel any sympathy for them? I think he should. Uh, I think he should go. I think he should have gone at the end of last season. I do feel an element of sympathy for him in that probably his job has been made difficult. But at the same time, at the same time, I actually think a lot of the things he said and all that stuff today about polishing his LMA award just, we just uh, the sympathy evaporates for him. You know, I think he's well paid. He knows what he's doing. I think you know it'll be. He'll be fine. He'll get another job. So I don't feel that much sympathy for him. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I'm away to polish my Lanarkshire 800 metre champion medal from 1985. Thank you for listening and we'll speak to you on Monday. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows... And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.